Shut up and sit down. The Caramel Latte Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling is not about, you know, doing flips. Wrestling is, is, is telling us a story. Hello, and welcome to episode 5.5 of the Caramel Latte Wrestling Podcast. My name's Dave. I'm by myself today because Adam has disappeared. He has left me alone to watch all this, all this terrible wrestling by myself. You owe me one, mate. Um, so the the episode we picked up, well, picked up on the episode we'd done last week, only really covered Raw because we recorded it at the start of the week. So I am now covering Tuesday onwards in the wrestling world. Today is March the 4th. It's a Monday and Raw is tonight. So once again, the wrestling world goes full circle on me and does not let me live a normal life and makes me fucking watch it every single day, what feels like anyway. I'm not going to lie, it's becoming a bit of a chore. You know, and as an added bonus for this week's episode, I watched Impact. Raw, Smackdown, even NXT was that bad. That I fucking watched Impact. Yeah. Goes to show, doesn't it? So anyway, Smackdown. Um, as we know, Smackdown last week started off with Shane and Stephanie, even though Adam mentioned that Stephanie wasn't on Smackdown and hadn't been on Smackdown for a very long time. Oh, here she is. Aren't you a lucky person? I noticed how the show just began. Nothing was really announced as to what was happening. I know we was told there was going to be a contract signing between Kofi and Daniel Bryan. But it, it started, everybody was in the ring. Uh, Bryan was just sitting there, chilling with Rowan. Uh, we hit a Kofi video package with all these accomplishments in the WWE with Shane talking over it. Um, all that basic stuff. The, the thing that's really getting me with with the WWE in general lately. I, I hate being spoken to like a child in my real life, in whatever I'm watching. I, I cannot stand it. And that's all they do. Even the announcers, they speak to us like children. And I know the product's aimed at children, but fucking hell, man. Being a 31-year-old man and being spoken to like I'm a four-year-old it just makes me tune out. and <laughs> It makes me severely angry. Uh, so I, I should actually mention I've cut into SmackDown. I haven't actually mentioned what I'm doing. I am going over what I've seen this week. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I'll be here for about two hours and no one wants to hear my monotonal voice for that long. Um, I, I don't even think I do. I think I'll drive myself crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to quickly skim over what's happened. I'll chuck in some thoughts here and there. Um, and we'll get to the news right at the end of the show. Um, so anyway, out comes Kofi with the boys, the standard cringeworthy you deserve it chance start from the crowd. And just as Kofi's about to sign the contract, out comes Vince. And you, you can probably figure out what he's going to do, like he did with Charlotte. He's replacing Kofi, and he replaces Kofi with Kevin Owens. What? <laughs> just what? 
Um, we all know by the video packages and whatnot, Kevin Owens is coming back as a, a baby face, but he's being like, the the way he's come back is making him be like the crowd were booing when Vince announced he was replacing Kofi. The crowd were booing as soon as he announced it was Kevin Owens. They started cheering, but then booing again. So what do we want? Um, like he's come back as a face. We know he's come back as a face, but it's just the 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 fucking weird booking of this company. Like, and that's not even who booked this shit this week. <laughs> that's not even it. It just baffles me. It really does. <sighs> so, um, yeah, that segment ends. We come back. We got. The Hardy Boys reuniting out of nowhere. Matt Hardy looking like a stiff hornswoggle and no longer woken. He's what, Matt Hardy version 49 now? Fuck knows, I'd rather just uninstall it. Then we got Ricochet, Alistair Black backstage. Um, Lana comes up to him to check him out because they'll be wrestling Nakamura and Rusev later in the night. No Russian accent. No Russian accent anymore. Completely gone. And speaking of no Russian, all you Call of Duty fans will understand this. I think Alistair Black and Ricochet's main roster debuts have pretty much been no Russian. Anyway, our truth shit, dance break, bollocks. Um, Andrade and Rey Mysterio both answer the our truth US title open challenge. Um... This match was good. It was a good match. Um, it shows what what we could be seeing at WrestleMania, which is what I'm hoping for, which would be Andrade versus Rey Mysterio for the US title. Hopefully with R-Truth, not anywhere near it. Uh, Charlotte cuts a promo. She points at the sign. Alistair Black comes out. This made me think, when are they going to ever cut down his entrance? As much as I love his entrance, I can see them doing that at some point and completely ruining it. Completely ruining it. Like they do with everything. Um, I've written down, why can I see Ricochet and Alistair Black become a rivalry? That could be interesting. That could be an interesting rivalry. Instead of having tagging them up all the time, actually putting them against each other. And going into WrestleMania, that could be a pretty good program. But, you know. Uh, Shinsuke, this is the tag match, yeah, just, it was alright, it wasn't great, they had much better matches against other people, but Shinsuke and Rusev, I don't really understand the pairing up, um, Shinsuke looked like a drag queen crayon, he looked like a massive old Crayola crayon, I don't really understand what he's doing with his ring attire lately, uh, AJ Styles promo, Randy Orton interrupts. <sighs> this was just painful. Um, and again, Lacey Evans showing the world that she's once again not a paraplegic and just walking. She's showing the world that her legs work. Great. Um, I'm pretty sure we saw replays of everything we saw in Raw. Again, so I might as well watch Raw twice. I think next week I'll probably get away without watching Raw and watch all the fucking playbacks from SmackDown. Um, 
Then it comes to Kofi and Owens against George and Lenny. Um, and the match was alright. Brian lost to a stunner to get from Kevin Owens. Not the best looking stunner, but if he's going to start using that as his finishing move, I can get behind that. I can really get behind that. Um, I just I, I can't see where this is going. I know we're now going to have Kevin Owens versus Kofi at Fastlane. Um, surely Kevin Owens' big title match on his big return from this big injury, he can't lose. So I'm sure there's going to be some kind of fuckery involved there. Surely, we really don't know. But the plans look like they're leading to Kofi winning the title at WrestleMania. Which is well deserved. I think I've, I'd be happy with that. I really would be happy with that. But I'm wondering what they're going to do with Kevin Owens after Fastlane. I just I hope they don't put him back with Sami Zayn. I hope he's not put in another tag team or anything like that. Um, yeah, I really don't know. Unless unless they have Kofi win the title at Mania and have maybe a four week run and then Owens takes it off him. Are you kidding me? 205 Live. I watched it this week. I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Not much to say about this at all. Um, so they announced it's going to be, obviously, the tournament for Buddy Murphy's um, Buddy Murphy's Cruiserweight title at WrestleMania. We started off with Tony Nese versus Kalisto. Uh, there was actually a really nice German suplex off the top rope. And then Tony Nice, Tony nice goes for the 450 splash. Misses. Um, Kalisto hits the 450. Tony Nice gets the foot on the rope. And Nice actually won the match with some um, some knees. To, to What was it? Kalisto was kind of sitting on the, the, the bottom of the tom, turnbuckle. And Nice just runs in with the double knees to the head. Got the 1, 2, 3. Um... Adam's faction here, Jack Gallagher, um, speaking about how he should choose a wrist lock over flips and stuff like that, and all that. Then we get to fucking Drew Gulak versus Lee Brian Kendrick. I cannot get over get over how dead the crowd was for this match. I understand they've just watched SmackDown. But holy fuck, I I quite enjoyed this match. Um, it was a very Matt wrestling match, like every Gudak match is. And Gudak has some of the best fucking German suplexes in the company. I'm just gonna say that he's fucking great. Um, but the, the thing that wound me up is the wrestlers are trying to get this. They're trying to get this flow going. They're trying to get the comebacks. They're trying to get you know the the. The heat with the crowd and whatnot, and they're getting this is boring chance, and it is absolutely ridiculous. And it's one of the reasons why you know you got the this is boring chance with this, you got the fucking you deserve it chance with Kofi. I just I, I can't stand that kind of shit. Just fucking enjoy what you're watching, man. Just enjoy it unless it really is terrible, because this match was not terrible. It was a good match. Um. Either way, Gulak gets in the glue lock. Kendrick passes out. It was meant to be Kendrick's um, big story that he hasn't had a match at WrestleMania. 
and this was his chance to get. They kept going on about it. He's only three matches away from having his match at WrestleMania, and he didn't. He passed out to the Gulak, and I've got to say, actually, I noticed this probably about halfway through the match. Both of the guys looked fucking exhausted halfway through. Like, they haven't done cardio for a couple of years that bad. Like, like me walking up a fucking hill. Just absolutely knackered. Absolutely knackered. So, 205 Live was... Eh. <laughs> it was very eh. Again, I'm just very quickly going over everything I've... If I spoke in detail about everything that happened on every show, I'm going to be here for a very long time. And I've got to edit this shit tonight, so I'd rather not. On to NXT. Mr. Johnny Wrestling comes out himself. He speaks about how he lost the NXT North American Championship the week before and is a failure. The crowd chant Johnny failure. He says he still feels like a champion, though. And out comes old Tommaso Ciampa, uh, essentially trying to get him to reform DIY. Um, which I kind of like this because we've seen the trepidation kind of between them in on their main roster debuts. Um, but this this little promo on NXT kind of tied everything together with. Champa trying to convince him that we've, we're winning, we can do this. Um, you lo- well, you was on your own, you lost your title by yourself, but with me, we're winning. We should enter the Dusty Rhodes classic, uh, tag classic. We should win that. We should be champions again. And Johnny shakes his hand. Straight after this, we see Ricochet in a tux for some fucking reason. Uh, he announces him and Alistair Black are joining the Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic as well. Um, this next match was, yeah, botch of the week. Delete, 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 So this was Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah versus uh Tainara Conti and Zaya Lee. I'm not sure if that is a typo. I can't remember. But this match was awful. It was awful. And the ending just absolutely came out of nowhere with this ridiculous double team finishing move that Zaya Lee looked like she just didn't take it well. Um it was kind of this back Breaker. It was like a misplaced backbreaker, and she landed awkwardly. And then, um, was it Vanessa Bourne who hit the the, the neck breaker? And it oh, it was terrible. And it got the one two three on Zaya Lee, which is the one person in the whole match who shouldn't be getting pinned. And wow, <laughs> I just it's NXT is at the point again where. The big people have left, and it happens every, you know, once a year it happens, and people need to step up. All the big ones have left. We're left with a lot of the developmental talent, and they need to step it up to prove that they they can take their place. And this is not <laughs> this is not that at all. Uh, we got a quick promo next between uh, Velveteen Dream and the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole. It looks like Adam Adam Cole will be fighting. Uh, 
the dream for his uh, North American title, I suppose. Next, we got a really random Bianca Belair and Io Shirai just arguing backstage. Yeah, a bit random. And do you know what? Next segment already. This whole match, spot of the week. Spot, spot, a lovable spot. He's soft and cuddly and he smiles a lot. If there ever was a pet to cheer you up, it's spot, spot. The wrestling business is dead. I cannot bring it back single-handedly. I can't save it. It's too late for that. Nobody can bring it back. Now, this was Dominic Dijakovic versus Keith Lee. Fucking hell. I did not expect to enjoy this match as much as I did. Both from massive men. Both from fucking so athletic. And just, oh, the agility was ridiculous. Um, Now, Dijakovic is actually taller than Keith Lee. Like, no liar, this guy is about 19 foot tall. So ridiculous. It was all action from the start. Um, there was a, a, a... Keith Lee went to shake this geezer's hand. Guy pushed him, and he just fucking lifted him straight into a powerbomb, which was then a flip out of the corner. And it was just... It was just ridiculous. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing after this time. Um... Dijakovic had a sat uh, sit down choke slam for a near fall. Uh, Lee had to pick up Spike Lee does where he just throws him across the ring and then a fucking awesome spinning big boot, which uh, shoved Lee off the ring apron. And uh, this this particular bit here, I picked a spot of the week where uh, Dijakovic he hits a fucking moonsault. <laughs> <laughs> this nineteen foot man hits a fucking moonsault, which even made. Fucking Mara and Aloe pop up and Mamma Mia all over the place. Um, the only thing that, that let this match down was the ending because we got a double count out. Referee counted to 10, both were counted out. There was kind of a little brawl afterwards where they had to be separated, but I can see them doing more of this. Probably in the next takeover, we'll see a rematch and hopefully um, no holds barred or something like that because these two can really put on a fucking great match. I think this is one of my favourites for the week, to be honest with you. This was this was some good shit. Um, next in the show, they announced the brackets for the Dusty Rogues Tag the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. We're getting Mustache Mountain versus the Street Profits, Only Lorcan and Danny Birch versus the Forgotten Sons, DIY versus the Undisputed Era. Uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Fabian Aikner and Marcel Barfell. So, um, I believe a lot of it's already been taped, so I'm not too sure. I don't believe I've got any spoilers yet. So I'm happy about that because I'm actually quite looking forward to this. This could be a a decent um a decent tournament. Um anyway, what we got? We got any announcement that Belair and Io Shirai will Having a, we'll be having a match in, was it next week or the week after? The winner will get a, uh opportunity at Shayna Baszler's title. This was unexpected, even though we had seen it, the spoilers all over the dirt sheets. But Sasha Banks and Bailey turned up. Got the welcome back chance from Full Sal. Long story short, they basically said that the, NX, the, the women's tag team championships are going to be defended over Raw, SmackDown and NXT. 
So that could see some interesting matches in the future, I believe. And the main event, Shayna Baszler versus Maya Yim. Um, Maya Yim owned Baszler through the start of the match. Completely out-wrestled her. Um, until a spot outside where she kicked the steps and the, the story was that she had a broken leg the year before, obviously selling the leg, still kind of injured, I suppose, I don't know. Uh, Baszler was on the leg constantly. Um, one thing I find kind of cool was uh, Baszler's choke. Is it a, a variation of coquina clutch or whatever, but... Maya Yim actually found a way out of it by stretching the fingers, which was kind of cool. Um, got it straight into an Achilles lock from Baszler, obviously working the leg again. Uh, tornado TD, DDT, they're both down. Nice little rest spot. Um, there was a kind of cool spot where Maya Yim was selling the leg, but she um, turned it into a Pele kick. Uh, we got a sit down power form, power bomb for an earfall, and Basil then puts the choke on her again. Uh, she goes to work the fingers. My Yim goes to work Basil's fingers again, but Basil drags the legs down and locks the arms in with her legs. My Yim taps. That was it. Basil retains again. NXT was all right. It was it was a bit better watch than than SmackDown and Two Hundred Five Live. To be fair. But the only thing I find is sometimes I just find myself fast forwarding through matches and I just can't seem to I can't seem to keep my attention on it lately. I don't know what it is and I think the product's just getting like not unwatchable as, as such, but it's just it's not keeping my attention. And I know it's doing it for a lot of people too. Which sucks. Because we're wrestling fans, and we want to be wrestling fans, but they, it's like they don't fucking want us to be wrestling fans, you know what I mean? <sighs> Either way. That was this week's WWE viewing. Then I decided to watch Impact. much detail but where can I word this I wasn't as disappointed as I expected to be with Impact um, obviously the production quality is nowhere near as high as WWE They, the way they do things is slightly better than WWE you know with um, not exactly the commentary because the commentary was god awful for most of the show but the going into the ad breaks, the coming back from the ad breaks, the announcing that what's going on in the ring, everything like that is done spot on. But Josh Matthews and Don Callis. Now, I know Don Callis has done a lot, a lot for the wrestling industry. But him and Josh Matthews are just fucking terrible on commentary. They're terrible. And I know Josh Matthews is a bit of a prick anyway. But he's so bad. And they have no chemistry whatsoever. Which is a shame. Really is a shame. So anyway, this episode of Impact was from Las Vegas. In Sam's Town Casino, I think it was. And just as a precursor, I haven't watched Impact for fuck knows how long. 
I can't even remember last time I watched Impact. Um, so <laughs> a lot of these people, I won't fucking know. Um, so I've seen, uh, I've seen what they call Johnny Impact, but I've known him as many other names, Johnny Mundo. I've seen Moose and other people. Uh, I've seen a Sammy Callahan and the master of the Kiki challenge, Rich Swan in a video package. I got lost after that. Then there was something about demon assassins. I didn't know what was going on. The Lucha brothers got unmasked. And then we come into the first match, which was a, a guy called Willie Mack versus another guy who was apparently in a a group with um, Sammy Callahan. OVE, I think they were called. OVE, yeah. Uh, this guy was called Jake Christ, and he was with his brother Dave. Dave Christ. Um, yeah. The only thing I found with this... I could not hear the ringing answer that well in the um, in the intros, so I couldn't quite work out their names until the names come up on the graphics, and until you know Josh Matthews and Don said them. Um, we started off with Lufez Press from Willie Mac. This, yeah, I'm impressed with this geezer. I've never seen him before, but he is impressive, man. He's really impressive. Um. Yeah, he, he hits the Lufez Prez. The crowd are actually quite dead at the start here. Not that there's many people in the crowd. Um, got a nice Tornado DDT uh, to outside. Um, the match ends in a DQ because uh, Dave Christie pushes Willie Mack off the top rope, top rope and hits the beat down then. <laughs> and then what the fuck here comes Tommy Dreamer out of nowhere with his kendo stick he makes the save <laughs> Dreamer cuts some promo about you know standing up to bullies and all that shit so it turns into a tag match um, Tommy Dreamer being Tommy Dreamer he somehow finds a plate of chicken and waffles with a drink and throws it in the face of uh, Jake Christ and then eats some as you do EC dub, EC dub. Um, commentary was just fucking horrific at this part. I, I couldn't get over it. Um, there was a hot tag that was fucking cold and a mortuary. And Max finisher was, well, it looked like it was going to be a finisher. It was a stunner again. Two stunners this week were being treated. Um, Dreamer hits his driver, Mac with a fucking six-star frog splash off the top rope, which was actually really impressive. Fucking Sasha would be proud. And he gets the one, two, three. Um, yeah, I'm impressed with this Willie Mac guy. I'm actually in, I'm, I'm, I think I might actually start watching Impact every week. I don't know, but possibly. This geezer's pretty cool. Um, then we get a really awkward shot of Don Callis and Josh Matthews talking to the camera and they're kind of, they're sitting next to each other, but the camera's kind of at the, the, the end of the table. So they got to look to their right whilst talking to the camera and it's just fucking awkward. I didn't really understand it. Um, the next thing we had was a John Morrison interview again, couldn't really hear it. So I'm not sure what happened. Um, then we went on to a tag match. That's, uh, I'm trying to catch the names here. KM and Fala Bar versus Reno Scum. 
who essentially just looks like a fucking Sex Pistols Ascension, in other words. Um, we've got a really shitty Superman punch, uh, rocket launcher from the Fala geezer. Really good looking finish. The match was all right. This, this KM and Fala bar, they look like a pretty interesting tag team. They seem fun a bit. They kind of heavy machinery ish in their own way. Um, the, the Reno scum beat them down after they lost. Apparently this is Reno Scum's big return to impact or something. Um, and they lost. So they beat down KM and Fadabar. Um, again, can't even hear these promos and I don't, I'm still not really sure what's going on. I'm sure if I watch it for a few weeks, I'm going to start catching up on the storylines and everything. But <laughs> at this point in time, I'm just a confused little lemon. Um, and a segment I think I'm going to start adding. You better recognise D'Lo Brown. I think you better recognise... I think... I think... What happened to D'Lo? Don't recognise him anymore. Holy shit, there was some kind of backstage segment where a geezer was coming into a creative and D'Lo walks out the door and it's just like... Wow. Who put D'Lo's face on, mid, on, on Viscera's body? Holy shit. It's insane, man. Uh, we got then a little promo from Fala Bar and KM. Good little promo, though. Pretty heated up. It looks like we're going to get some kind of rematch between the two teams. And we got a GFW flashback match, which I fast-forwarded because cause I just couldn't. A promo between a geezer in a leather yellow jacket and someone with a kendo stick. Wasn't quite sure what that was about. And then we got a uh, woman who turns out to be Scarlet Bordeaux. I didn't notice until the end of the show, pretty much. Um, sitting on a sink with pretty much everything hanging out and then kisses herself in the mirror. Apparently she's debuting next week, but no one knows who her opponent is. Um, and the next match actually blew me away a bit. Tessa Blanchard versus Delilah Doom. This match was fucking... This was, It wasn't the perfect match, but... It was really fucking good. Both of these women are, are really good wrestlers. And again, I'm going to say, I haven't watched Impact in a very long time. And I I still don't know everyone. I haven't seen much of Tessa Blanchard. I haven't seen anything of Delilah Doom. But what I saw here was really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, we got uh, a fucking crucifix bomb turned into a crucifix pin which looked a bit awkward at first but it was kind of uh, it was cool the way it was done Doom got the reversal on a near fall um, Blanchard hit the elbow to the face with the buzzsaw DDT for the win kind of an easy win for her but this this Delilah Doom was actually really good her like she was almost spot on in the ring almost spot on um, then we go to an interview of guy called Brian Cage, who looks a bit like Luther from the Umbrella Academy. He is fucking jacked, mate. Proper jacked. Um, oh, we got some other crap after that. I can't remember what it was now. Then we go to the main event, which is... It was Moose and Killer Cross versus Brian Cage and Johnny Nitro. Um, further into the match, Johnny Impact hurt his neck. He had all the refs around him checking on him. One of them threw up the X sign at some point. Obviously, it's a, sh- it's a work. 
he's not really hurt his neck, but um, there was a point where Brian Cage had the beatdown put on him. He got busted open on the uh, the fucking turnbuckle. Um, actually, it looked like legit blood, to be fair, so I'm not sure if he was cut open for real or he'd done a good old Ric Flair blade. Um, he held his own for a little bit. Um, he, he, Taya comes out, I believe. Yep, yep. Johnny's wife, Taya, comes out to see to him. Uh, then we get the straight jacket choke from um, from Killer Cross, which was double teamed with a spear, which is actually kind of cool. Because as he speared him, he knocked him back into the 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 choke as well. Um, which Cage passed out as Johnny's helped to the back, so he never tapped out. He he passed out, and the show pretty much ended quite abruptly after that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was, I was surprised with impact to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be an absolute disaster. Um, but I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed it. I, I actually, I don't know if it was just cause it was new and it was a bit more refreshing to see something different, but I think I enjoyed watching it more than WWE this week. Um, apart from the key fleet match, of course. Yeah. That um that threw me for six. Um, I suppose next we've got we've got the news. This is the news. So I'm just going to go through the headlines quickly. Um, I mean, I've, this this isn't going to be too long. I've been going for half an hour already, and I'm sure you're bored of listening to my voice and not having anyone else to bounce off. I miss you, Adam. Um, so Ty, Ty Dilling Ajar, who's now being known as Sean Spears, his real name, has announced he's making his first indie appearance at Creator Pro Wrestling on May 31st, which is actually Kurt Hawkins' um, wrestling academy and company. Uh, Tori Wilson today was announced for the WWE Hall of Fame, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake is also rumoured to be going in. Um, unfortunately, Ric Flair did announce that Harley Race has been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer, but it has since come out that it's not terminal. So we're hoping that he can get through it, he can beat it. Um, Mustafa Ali, he come back finally. Um, he's been he, he made his return at House Show in Minneapolis and lost to Daniel Bryan. Um I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with him now. Kofi's taking his spot, essentially. So hopefully not all is lost. Hopefully after WrestleMania, we'll see him back in the title picture because he he can't be ignored. He really can't be ignored. Um, We... <laughs> so Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch have been... We know, we know their feud and how it's going. Um... Their feud on Twitter and Instagram, however, has kind of come to a whole different head. Um, apparently, Ronda has kind of worked herself into a shoot with Becky, which is fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> we know Ronda put up the picture of Becky's armbar saying, you know, it looks like you're holding the dick you wish you had. And Becky then put Ronda's husband's head <laughs> 
on the pe- on the, the penis on on the arm, so it looks like a penis. And I'm pretty sure she called him a dickhead as well. But apparently, Rhonda is really pissed off at Becky now because of, they've taken it too far. Um, and apparently, the company's not too happy about it as well with their you know their foul language and and all that kind of shit. Um, but I, I think it's fucking hilarious. It's great. This this is what you need. You need a you need a feud with with real, um, you know. With fucking realism, because we get these these scripted promos every week, written by fucking twelve guys in a room. We need these people talking. You know, we need their own sense of humor put into it. We need their own fucking words put into it. We more of this, essentially more of this. We want to see more of this. Uh, right, what's next? I kind of went off topic a bit there. Oh yes, yeah, so we announced last week, announced, like we fucking announced it, uh, we said last week Arn Anderson was released, um, no idea why, um, apparently he just got into a bit of a fight with Vince at a house show, um, but a bit more information come out today, um, apparently uh, he was the agent for a match at this house show that involved Alicia Fox. Um, apparently Alicia Fox turned up intoxicated. We're not sure if that means drunk or on drugs. I'm assuming on, on, I'm assuming drunk. Um, whilst being scheduled in for this match and on let her wrestle anyway, (laughs) which is fucking dangerous, really fucking dangerous and a really fucking stupid thing to do. Um, Vince saw this as the last straw and fucked him off. Later on, um, couple of other things here. So apparently, Jim Cornette will be joining the MLW broadcast team, which I'm sure Adam, you'll be happy to hear that. Um, motherfucker. And we got just a couple of bits of AEW news. Uh, new announcement of talent: B Priestley has joined the roster for AEW, which. If everybody knows is um, Will Ospreay's misses, essentially. Very good wrestler. Very good. Um, very hard-hitting, very English style of wrestling. Um, strong style, I suppose you could put it. Um, so that that's exciting. That that should be um that should be interesting. Um we got the news today that Luke Perry passed away. Um, obviously very famous actor known for 90210 and more recently Riverdale which is a great show by the way um, what's that got to do with AEW? well he is Jungle Boy's father so unfortunately that's a big loss for his family and we send our condolences to them um, last but not least AEW have announced their second show uh, for Saturday, July 13th in Jacksonville, Florida, and it's called Fight for the Fallen. Apparently, it is a 5,500-seated um, arena. can't remember the, the actual name of the arena now, but um, it's a fairly small show, so that's that's interesting. They're getting some traction, and hopefully they announce a TV deal soon. Um, yeah, that's been this week. 
I can't believe I've just spent 41, nearly 42 minutes speaking by myself into a microphone whilst laying on my bed. Well, yes. Thank you for listening. Um, Adam will be back at some point. I think we're going to try and do a Skype show because he's still going to be away for a little while. Um, so you're not just going to listen to me rambling into a microphone by myself. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll be back. This has been episode 5.5, a, a Vendy episode, if you will, for all you fucking coffee wankers out there. Um, thank you for listening. You can find us on Podbean, on Castbox, on iTunes, on Stitcher. Uh, Spotify sucks so we're not going on Spotify and SoundCloud's a bit of a wanker as well so fuck SoundCloud Um, yeah thank you for getting this far thank you for not turning it off if you've reached this far and I'll see you again soon later on